Hello sweet souls, I'm Lucy Victoria Jackson and it is my honour to welcome you to Root and Rise with Lucy. My aim with this podcast is to create a safe space to explore something that can often feel daunting, investing in your wellness. I am so humbled by the response to our first couple of episodes. Thank you so much to everyone who has listened and shared their feedback so far. Please do make sure you subscribe, rate, review and share if you're enjoying what you're hearing. Every time you do, it makes us that little bit more visible to others. This week, I chat to the beautiful Fizz Yesin, aka Happy Heart Flow. At just 26 years, Fizz has been through a lot. She was born with a congenital heart disease, which meant she spent much of her life in and out of Great Ormond Street Hospital. As a result of this, she also suffered some billing at school because of the scars from her open heart surgery. But my goodness, is this woman the definition of a warrior? She hasn't let any of that stop her. And not only is she a yoga teacher at one of the top London studios, but she also is a specialist in yoga for cancer, yoga for sleep, yoga for cardiac and rehabilitation, Ayurveda yoga, yoga for kids, and not to mention that she's also a registered associate nutritionist with AFN Nutrition UK. She is also the most incredible advocate for living yoga off the mat as she spends much of her spare time volunteering for Great Ormond Street and the British Heart Foundation. She really does bring her happy heart to everything she does. You'll hear that in this episode and you'll also learn more of her personal journey, including her journey to yoga as a teen, but also some of the challenges she's faced as a yoga teacher partly because of the toughness in the industry now, but also partly because of the structural racism that runs through the veins of the wellness industry. Something which I and many others are educating ourselves on and are committing to actively dismantling as soon as we can. Fizz also shares her top tips for creating healthy sleep habits and shares her knowledge about Ayurveda and how learning about your dosha type can contribute towards supporting your overall wellness. A basic knowledge of Ayurveda can really help you to tailor your wellness to your individual needs. Fizz is a well of knowledge and she simply overflows with passion and love. So it is my honor to to welcome her to Root and Rise with Lucy. And today, I've chosen not to record a meditation at the end, as Fizz has very kindly shared the breath of joy. And we'll post a video link to this in the show notes. It is the perfect way to start the day. So, without further ado, welcome Fizz to Root and Rise with Lucy. Fizz, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Hi Lucy, uh, I'm I'm doing really well, thank you. Really, really excited and happy to be on your amazing podcast. So thank you so much for inviting me along. Oh, you're so welcome. And of course, today the sun is shining. It's a beautiful day. So perfect day for your happy heart flow vibes to come through, I think. Because ah. so, <laughs> that is how you're known, isn't it? Happy heart flow. It is so we'll give. 
we'll give all your details at the end. But for those of you listening that don't know Fizz, we do actually know each other in person. And I think we must have first met about three years ago. Does that sound about right, Fizz? Yes, I think so. Yeah. I think it was right at the beginning of when I um, had started my yoga teacher journey. I think so too. And I just remember us sitting in a little cafe in Maidenhead. I think it was actually a sushi cafe or sushi bar and we had a good catch up and we literally could have talked for hours couldn't we and I just remember thinking I mean you were you were quite young at the time you must have been what 22-ish at the time and I just remember (laughs) yeah I just remember seeing this beautiful young face and thinking oh my gosh she has so much energy she's so passionate and you were just so up for diving into the world of teaching yoga. So let's start with kind of how that that three years of teaching has gone for you. Talk me through where your teaching journey began and then where you are yeah. now. Um, so I guess my teaching journey, um, yeah, began when I, 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 I'm sure we'll go into my um, story in a little while, but um, when I first decided I was going to do my teacher training course, it was, it was just, it came at the right time and I decided to stay in the UK and do it um, over a course of three months in London. And um, so, yeah, it was it was a full on um, three months of doing it. And uh, it just brought so much light into my life. Like yoga is means so much to me and to mm. be able to dive really into it and to be able to share um, it with the world. I feel like it's a gift as a teacher um and the three years haven't been easy like I think as any mm. teacher starting out it's it's a big big industry now it's it's huge and um it's it's not easy to get your way in um especially when you're quite new but as I began to specialize into my yoga traits and the things that I felt like where I felt my yoga going and Mm. that's when I really felt like okay I've got this now like Mm. this is this is where this is this is my life I love teaching I love doing this um but it's also um I guess with what's come up as well the sort of uh the cultural appropriation uh within yoga and Mm. um I felt as much as you know, I I wished it wasn't it wasn't the case. I have felt uh, there have been cases, there have been times where I haven't been taken on as a teacher um, because to white supremacy and you know because I am um, a South Asian sort of you know um, my heritage is Pakistani, um, mm. my skin is brown. Um, you know, I I really wish that I could say that I haven't gone through like you know racism and things like that over the course of the last three years um but I have and it's it's hurt a lot of the times where I felt like you know this is this is part of my roots and if I can't share this as my authentic self I just don't understand how any teacher can if you know you're similar to my color or yeah Mm, so it's it's been a journey but it's been such a wonderful amazing journey to just share yoga because I feel like I've got a gift to be able to give people and Mm. I'm so grateful for it 
Mm, yes I mean yeah yoga in itself is a gift but you definitely have a gift your energy and your passion that is a gift to others for sure and I think you're so right for any teacher starting out especially nowadays it is a really tough industry to crack um and as we both know you know there are long hours you've got to really say yes to every opportunity that comes your way um and you're not just the teacher that shows up for the hour class or the teacher that has to plan everything you have to do your training keep that topped up you have to do all your admin your own finances you have to get Mm -hmm. yourself between classes and then as you say kind of obviously it's not something that I've experienced but add on top um the the racism that is in the wellness industry and and the yoga industry as well it's it's you know must have not been been easy so thank you for sharing that with us and I think we are both very committed to kind of opening the industry up to conversations mm. like this so thank you for for starting that conversation today with me because it's yeah it's a really important conversation and and yoga specifically wellness more generally but yoga specifically should be welcoming to everyone no matter who you are where you're from what you look like your orientation sexually or you know the gender that you are it shouldn't matter yoga should be open to absolutely everyone And I think it's actually really important that we have um, South Asian voices in the yoga community as well. So again, just thank you for for coming on today and thank you for sharing that. So with that in mind, let's dive into your yoga journey a little bit more deeply then. So where did yoga begin for you? What was that that moment that you first remember of experiencing yoga? Uh, Yeah, so it's been such a big journey, I think whenever I open up about it I can't believe it myself sometimes um yeah so starting starting right from the beginning um so I was born with something called congenital heart disease so congenital meaning it was present at birth um so that essentially meant that my heart had um developed defects within my um mum's womb um however this wasn't picked up on until I was a couple months old and uh, mm. yeah so I, I went through a childhood of having open heart surgeries to um, trying to fix my little wee heart that was um, obviously struggling to cope um, with everything and uh, yeah most most of my childhood I guess felt like it had just been taken away from me but I think mm. when you're a child and you don't know any different like I don't know what it's like to have a well heart if that makes sense like mm. I just know my heart as it is and I'm just so grateful that I'm still here um yeah so my my journey throughout hospital like having this condition and um like specifically it's known as pulmonary atresia with BSD closure and MACAF also known as tetralogy of phallus so quite a big condition there. what a mouthful <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know don't ask me to spell it out I can try <laughs> um, but yeah it's one of those things where I think when I read those big words and I'm just like whoa and I see the scar on front of my chest and you know it's so I think it's it's amazing to just I I am so wowed by my scars sometimes and I remember mm. when I first even like started putting like say a sports bra on and like uh, like leggings and things like that and I felt really self-conscious but um I think yeah it it became 
part of my life just to have this sort of positive nature and just be like okay this isn't going to stop me from doing anything and mm. um yeah and that's when I think I was getting into my teen years where I was starting to struggle a little bit with my breathing and uh having re relapses in terms of like just the way that I was feeling my condition was worsening and um because one of the things is like so I have like a hole in my heart but it's never been fixed completely because it can't mm. be fixed completely so my heart is always leaking a little bit which means mm. that um it, it can hinder me in some cases and especially like when I was at school and I was trying to keep up with everyone doing sports and oh man I would still be that girl that was like yeah I'm gonna do the 100 meter hurdles <laughs> and then only afterwards being like that wasn't a great idea <laughs> um oh bless you you. <laughs> you do you just keep on going and um yeah so it started getting a little bit worse where I was getting chest pains and I was struggling to even walk up the stairs at school and especially in the secondary school I went to there were some classes that were like three flights up and they didn't have a lift or anything like that and I never let it stop me uh so I would still climb all the stairs get to like the top of the um steps for my classes um and yeah and then I just went to go to speak to my doctor because it was getting a little bit worse and my parents were getting more worried about it um because mm. the thing is like I'm never going to be fixed and there's still surgeries to come in the future like I don't have just a stable future like I'm I'm probably at my peak and my best right now um than I ever will be and um that's that that saying that makes me feel quite emotional at times because you know I'm just gonna have to live live the best of my life right now and um that's when I guess my cardiologist gifted me this yoga where they they said okay let's try a holistic approach um and at the time like yoga wasn't massive like I don't think as a young person you often really feel yoga until you're given the opportunity to dive into it and I was given that opportunity where they said, okay, we want you to maybe start going to these sessions that we hold in the local hospital. It is for people that have um, just gone through like a heart attack or, you know, a heart surgery. So it was a cardiac rehabilitation program to get back to health after surgery. But because there wasn't anything around um, for a young person like me um, around where we live in um it meant that I just ended up going and it was honestly that walking in as a young person as um, a 14 year old full of old people <laughs> so <laughs> there were 50 year olds uh, 60 year olds um, and obviously at that time well not many people really ever pick up on the fact that as a young person you can also go through um something to do like you know a heart condition um so yeah i was part of a old old grand and granddad's club which was <laughs> the oldies crew, yeah. <laughs> the oldies crew. Oh, so i, I bet they they loved having you though <laughs> uh, it was at first I, I think it was a bit strange for me especially like i really struggled to like just get into it because i was like oh my gosh like you know if i, I had told anyone at school that i was doing this like i think I would have got yeah completely ripped <laughs> out on Aww. like I was all I was already kind of like I think 
that's where these sort of anxiety started where I was actually getting uh, bullied a couple of times um, from people that used to see my scars so I used to actually mm. go into the toilets hide get changed instead of you know and I went to an all-girls school as well like so it was it was a really really tough tough time where um yeah I just felt so alone half the time even though I had some amazing supportive friends but yeah so I guess that was another thing where I was like right I'm not going to tell anyone that I'm doing this because you know this is something that is meant to be supportive to me and I just want to keep it for myself and I guess that's where I saw yoga yoga was something that I could control something that I could keep to myself and something that really was giving me life like you know I always say that yoga is like my prana it gives me life this life force energy um mm. and it was it was at that time whenever I was going week on week to these sessions that um I just developed this sort of like personal mantra for myself and I was like Fizz it's all about the connection and not the perfection mm. and yeah and that really sat with me like you know I kept arriving on the mat knowing that I didn't need to be perfect like you know I was probably the most able person in that room half the time <laughs> um yeah but I, I really felt like they the people that I was with like the crew the old people's crew they just gave me so much life to be like okay look if I'm at this stage right now I want to be as strong as these guys are at their age and you know who knows because I will have to go through this again and I will have to go through cardiac rehabilitation again at some point and maybe that is when you know I am nearing later life and yeah I just I guess like I felt like I grew up so much as a kid because of mm. my condition, because you've got no choice, yeah. and it just, yeah. And I, I guess I can't, I can't speak highly of how much yoga just changed me and gave me so much life, and it helped me through like my um, GCSEs, through my A levels, and then I went to university, and I guess at university it's, um, is where, like, I started seeing how it could support my of anxiety a little bit more because again that was a process where I had to miss out on so much because I just wasn't well enough or I, I get really tired a lot of the time um which you wouldn't ever see because I've been able to build up my on my resilience now um mm -hmm. yeah like no one ever seems <laughs> like me without energy and I think anyone that does or if I'm quiet for a moment um people are like oh gosh are you okay you, you just yeah okay like what's up um but yeah so it kind of like started helping me more so where it just became a practice that um I just started I started more and more of uh whilst I was at university as well and yeah and then after university um I then went through a process where it it just got again because I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and I had graduated with my nutrition degree and I always believed that food was the medicine to my heart as well but then yeah like I was I was on this journey where I was wanting to do my um MSc in pediatric nursing because all my life I thought that was my dream to become a nurse and uh yeah so after uni I actually went and worked as a healthcare assistant in um, a big renowned uh, pediatric uh, hospital and unfortunately after eight months of doing that I became 
so exhausted, so like burnt out and everything that you see health professionals go through. But, you know, I think what I forget is that I'm I'm so much worse half the time because I've got a heart condition. And, you know, those 4 a.m. wake ups to 8.30 p.m. getting arriving back at home was not sustainable whatsoever. And I guess that's where, you know, throughout that time, yoga was part of me. It was helping me through that process as a healthcare professional as well, dealing with the anxiety, the stress. And um, as much as I love that as well, I, I was then, I just didn't know what to do. And I just kept saying, yoga is saving me. Yoga is just keeping me going. Like without it, I don't, I just don't know who I am. And uh, yeah, and that's, I guess that's where the story began. I then uh, started researching more so into doing some, maybe doing a teacher training. And I remember one of my teachers saying to me, that she was like, Fizz, this is it. Like, I think you should be doing this. You, you should be supporting others like you because I just don't feel like there's enough people out there to showcase to the world that you don't need to be this stereotypical yogi to become a teacher. Mm you need to be a real human being with real feelings and real life behind them to be able to guide someone like you um yeah to find space in the world again sorry i'm gonna cry yeah. <laughs> i can't believe I'm gonna, uh, yeah like it's it it's just given me yeah i i just i'm just so grateful for that Oh, and we're so grateful for you and everything that you bring. And what a beautiful kind of um, arc, I guess, to your journey, because going from that 14 year old Fizz that wanted to keep this thing that she'd found to herself because it was so special um, yeah. and you didn't want it to kind of almost be ruined by anyone else, I guess, by by sharing it. But now you've kind of grown in all your experiences that you've had and grown in confidence. And now my goodness, we can't stop you, can we? You, you're sharing it with everyone. <laughs> you're like, I'm yeah. Fizz, I'm here. And I'm going to share yoga with you, no matter who you are or where you're from. So what an amazing kind of journey from where you were to where you are now. And you, you know, you really have followed through with that ambition to bring yoga to people who might not necessarily have access to it because you have gone on and specialized in quite a lot of different areas. So I'm just going to go through the list now because it's really impressive how much you've specialized in just a few years. So you do yoga for cardiac and rehabilitation. You do yoga for sleep recovery and insomnia, which we will come to later. Um, you do yoga for cancer, yoga for kids, you do Ayurveda yoga and you're also also a qualified nutritionist as well so my goodness what an amazing <laughs> list that you have there and then that's not even to mention all the other regular classes that you do as well so yeah so just amazing thank you and well done for bringing yoga to so many different people that might not otherwise get to experience it because that is what it's about so well done you that's really amazing. You're welcome. And I do, I know that also kind of with all these things that you're also doing, you know, you're also a believer in really living yoga off the mat as well. And I think for you, that comes in your volunteer work that you do. So I don't think you yeah. actually said the name, but it, it's Great Ormond Street, isn't it? That you're yeah, yeah. really involved with and also the British mm -hmm. Heart Foundation. So maybe let's dive a little bit into that work that you do, how you live your yoga off the map with those two institutions. Yeah, so I think as yogis, we 
always aim to better ourselves through our practice, right? Like we mm. we practice to better ourselves and to be of service to the world. And um, yeah, so you, like you mentioned, so Great Ormond Street Hospital is is like my life. They saved mm-hmm. me, um, and I feel like I owe a whole load of debt to them. And I always say that I've got two homes: one's home here, but one's home at that hospital. And mm. it's always it's always been part of me. And I think you know we do speak about the karma yoga and um, just like how I live yoga off the mat, but I really think it's just always just been part of me, like part of who I am. Like I haven't changed because of how yoga has given me this sort of more understanding that I was doing all this um, stuff to support others because it's just who I am. It's my nature Mm. um, and it's part of me. But yeah, so um, as soon as I left as a patient at Great Ormond Street, um, well, throughout that time, I was actually the chair of the Young People's Forum there. So I supported lots of young people's views being heard um, within the hospital and trying to make patient experience better for young people. Um, like um, things like transition to adult services which I'll go into with the British Heart Foundation in a moment and also um, just things like making the food better for young people creating more services um, because a lot of the hospital can be seen as like somewhere great for a kid but not necessarily for like a teenager so I actually mm. um, I as a volunteer I set up my own teen cafe which I'd run um, on my own um, where I'd go around the wards and um, I'd get all the teenagers down to basically um, just get to chat and chill with each other and know that they're not going through it themselves. So kind of like creating a peer support hub for them. Um, mm. But along with that as well, like I, um, I if, if you've seen some of my Instagram pictures as well, I dress up quite a lot. <laughs> I run around. <laughs> yes, I've seen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I dress what up are some of your favorite dress up? <laughs> oh, okay. I think one of my favorite must have been. So you know, in um in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, how there's that yes. giant big blueberry. So she like yes. inflates into a blueberry. So I brought an inflatable blueberry costume, and amazing. Yeah. So that was one of my favorite top uh, outfits. But also, I am known as the dedicated chief elf fizzy whiz. Every Christmas for the last <laughs> five years. Um, I've been going around with our amazing Father Christmas, the real one, obviously. He is the, the real obviously. one. And, <laughs> and, that, and then spreading the joy um, at Christmas, running around the wards and off to all the mischief um, with the other elves. And yeah, just on a regular basis, every weekend, um, I'm part of the weekend club at the hospital where we go up in pairs um, to different wards and go and visit the children's bedside and play games with them to um supporting the parents as well like sometimes I think what we people forget is parents just need to offload as well and um, yeah it's giving them that space and I've had many many parents cry in my arms and I think it's just such a gift because I guess I didn't realize how much my parents had gone through um and how much you know they had obviously battled this and just tried to keep me safe but as well as like you know because my brothers are completely fine I've got two brothers and they didn't have to go through anything with medical wise, but they felt like they've gone through it with me as well. So supporting siblings mm. as well. Um, and it's actually what my brother keeps saying. So my brother's um, a GP now. And um, he says that I inspired his journey, which is amazing Aww. to know that, you know, 
I know it's it's crazy because I remember his whole personal statement um, when he was applying to medical school and I was like oh my gosh um, I can't believe like you know I've supported someone else to be inspired by this um, especially my brother and uh, yeah and then so off that as well like I've got so many other roles so I'm an ambassador for the hospital I go around and do talks um, charity talks about my journey and um, I'm a governor for the hospital so I represent um, the patients at the hospital as well. So Amazing. My that. goodness. <laughs> lots of different things. And I think kind of tying that into wellness, I actually think people sometimes, um, what word am I looking for? You know, underestimate the power of actually being part of a community and giving back. Because I yeah. think part of our well wellness is actually tied into kind of yeah, how we fit into a community and, and what we are actually giving back into that community. Because if we only do something for ourselves, then really there's only so much goodness that's going to gonna yeah. come out through that. So I think in terms of our overall well-being, giving back is so important. Of course, on the, oh, on the yogi path, as you say, you know, karma yoga is really important. But I do think for people that aren't necessarily into yoga, making sure that you have at least some awareness of your community and what you might be able to yeah. share back with them is is actually really important for overall well-being. So I think let's... Not... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go, you go. I was just going to say, like, I think sometimes as yogis, we want to keep everything to ourselves, right? Like when we arrive on the map, we're, we're on mm. the map. Um, for ourselves but it's not until you are able to share something I feel like that's part of well-being as well to be able to just mm. you know I, I think so many people have said whenever they volunteer and help others that they feel part of them is relit and they feel more energized and more alive with life and that's something that I see with the British Heart Foundation as well where I've supported mm -hmm. um, young people and I help with peer support uh, groups there as a heart leader and you know, so many people that do come and support that always say that it's helped their well-being because they're able to help young people like us or young adults like us, um, and it's just given them more life. And I think that's definitely something people should always aim to do is take that away with them. Mm, definitely. Amazing. So let's change direction a little bit because I know something that lots of people struggle with. And I think especially at the moment, because we are still at the time of recording, we are still in the coronavirus pandemic and things are starting to ease. But I think a lot of people do really struggle with their quality of sleep. Or, or and or insomnia and I know obviously yeah. with your sleep yoga training that you've done you probably have some really amazing insights there for us so first of all can I just ask you what might be affecting someone's quality of sleep yeah so obviously yoga is so supportive within everything but I think more so what we don't realize is how it can be really effective um, to be able to help our sleep so um, I think what people realize naturally they know what what is wrong why they're not sleeping very well we we're very much um, humans that self-sabotage ourselves quite often of the time right so mm -hmm. I think we, we know what we're doing to disturb our sleep already whether that's like you know staying up later than we're um, we're needing to looking at our screens so like you know we, we all know how much blue light can affect our um, nervous system because it goes into this sort of flight and 
fight and flight mode within um, our body and to be able to relax it back to a state of sleep can often be really, really difficult. So especially right now, I think a lot of people are, are at home constantly looking at their screens more so than ever. You know, mm. everyone's doing a Zoom quiz at night with their families. Yes. Home. Too many Zoom quizzes. I've had enough. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So, so many Zoom quizzes, but also like those, like us as teachers, we're teaching online and people are Mm -hmm. like, you know, looking at screens, um, watching us teach them yoga and, you know, them doing yoga from a screen. Um, We just don't realize how much actually the blue light is really affecting us more so now than ever before. Um, And then it just, all comes into a process so I guess that's just one example of how we we self-sabotage but if we're looking at it from a whole day point of view your sleep the quality of the sleep that you're going to get starts from the moment you wake up so Mm. you know anything you do throughout your day is what's going to hinder or help your sleep later on in the day so for example like if you're waking up really erratic and you know you you just literally just get out of bed and just go straight to taking on two shots of coffee and you know and carrying on with feeling like you're so lethargic today and you, you're just you just keep feeding yourself coffee and what people don't realize is that coffee has actually got a half-life so coffee stays within our systems for four hours and after four hours it we've still got half a coffee cup inside of us. After those four hours, we've still got some more coffee in us. So it just, it, it just reduces down ever, ever so slightly as the day goes on. And hence why I think we all know the recommendation not to have like coffee past say 12 o'clock because it's mm. going to be really, it's really going to affect our sleep later on in the night. And then it also comes down to those stages throughout the day where those pockets of times we know we get to that 3 p.m. slump and you know what what's more effective for you whether it's can you start to practice some movement or movement like just going for a walk but often people don't people just sit at their desk all day and just staying in a static place can also hinder our sleep later on if we're always in this sort of wired state and then we also go into like things like I know so many people offload their day by going for a run and maybe that helps them sleep. But for a lot of people, if you have like an energetic sort of like gym session or a workout or going for a really, really high intense run or even doing very dynamic power vinyasa in yoga, you're actually keeping your body wired. Your body is getting that energy that it had wished that you had given it to to you at the beginning of the day sort of thing and mm. so your body is unable to start to like sort of um calm down because you've got this energy and even if even after shavasana sometimes you do feel quite energized once you've done a yoga session in the evening and hence why um like i think i'll dive into later with ayurveda like i'm now able to understand how we can incorporate incorporate the different energies throughout our day and match that with giving ourselves a little bit more restful sleep Mm. um and and yeah that's that's basically sort of the basis of how we're actually self-sabotaging so often now 
Yeah, for sure. So what would your top tips be for helping someone who might be struggling to create good sleep habits? Yeah, so um, creating good sleep habits is, uh, I, I feel like it's like one, of my, one of my favorite things to talk about because I think we can all all take control of this as much as you're struggling with getting that sleep and you might feel like you're waking up in the middle of the night. The ways that you can start to mop up that sleep I often say it begins from the moment you wake up, start to mop it up, start to get that that sensation of being able to support yourself again. And what I mean by that is, um, so there's this breath that I do in the morning to energize myself, and it's called the breath of joy. And it seems mm-hmm. so joyous already with its name. And <laughs> it's my favorite breath because it just realigns me into just being like, as much as I like, maybe struggle getting out of bed to be able to just take myself straight into this sort of morning routine where I know how to just mop up if I've woken up numerous times throughout the night where so I'll I'll sort of like explain the breath of joy um so how it works is um so it's it's a three-part breathing but you just continuously breathe so as we inhale first inhale you shoot those arms up towards the sky and then slowly extend those arms on the second beat out to the side. As we breathe, you lift those arms back up towards the sky. And then gently, you like really uh, release those arms down towards the earth. So it's kind of like a little star that you're sort mm. of guiding yourself, pushing it down. Um, I'll Can do you do example. a little video for video. us? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be amazing. I'll, I'll share that on my social media. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's definitely a breath that's sort of help me and I think that's where we realize that breath work can be the energizer to our whole body and we know that we're doing say Nadi Shodana as well or alternative mm. nostril breathing to start to align ourselves back into a balance when we feel like we're so out of whack or our body is just feeling really tired and then I always say like start your day with your and the most energetic thing that you want to do so if you feel like you've got more energy in the morning or that's the most part where it's going to start helping you with the rest of your day and you're not just, you know, slumped over your desk, then do like a HIIT workout or your dynamic yoga or anything that's going to start to just energize your body without having to drink those shots of coffee. Just have that natural caffeine boost. And then I also say like, so if we're talking, that's our sort of morning practice and then going into like your daytime routine, there's going to be pockets of times throughout the day where you're going to feel like you just hit that wall or you hit the slump. And that especially comes up at about 3 p.m. And Mm. what you want to do in that sort of um, space is maybe start to do your meditation. So what I mean by meditation is, I know people are like, but I really struggle just sitting there for like 20 minutes. But it's maybe working yourself up to just going back to your breath work or, you know, just doing doing a guided meditation or something just to be able to just get back into your body. And that's it. Because when we're out in this sort of like really wired, I haven't slept sort of state, you're so out of your body and you just want to bring yourself back in. Um, mm. So you're not feeling so tired all day and just complaining that you're so tired. Um, so it's really important to understand how to mop, mop that up. And often what mm. I do, so this is something I learned on my training 
was to put my legs up against the wall. So as yoga teachers, we're probably the most tired people half the time. Yeah. To so many people and running from one class to the other. And something that I learned throughout my um, teacher training was if, if we could arrive like 10 minutes before class or if you're in your office and you, you need that like 10 minutes for you, book a meeting with yourself. I feel like everyone is at home right now. So it's easy to book a meeting with yourself <laughs> and just mm-hmm. put your legs up against the wall. So it's called the legs up against the wall pose or even legs on a Surprisingly. Chair. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, you know, it, it's just that easy. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's where it's like yoga is so real because it's just so like with everybody. Um, but yeah, so doing that actually re-energizes a body because you're just scaling, draining out the sort of like tired state by just raising the, those legs um, over your heart sort of thing. So you're circulating more, more into your body, um, which helps. Um, I also say massages, so like dry mm-hmm. brushing massages, which um, is quite is an Ayurvedic technique where you set, use like a dry brush and you circulate um around your body in like little circular motions and that starts to just increase your lymphatic system and increase the circulation mm. with your body which um starts to make you feel a little bit more glowing and a little bit more like re-energized and it and it's just such a natural sort of thing and then um if we're heading into the sort of like the pre-sleep sort of buffer stage as i like to call it it's starting to incorporate like bedtime routines so is your bed your sanctuary, Lucy? Oh, yeah, okay. I love my bed. I'm actually sitting in it right now and I'm surrounded by my crystals. This is always my recording studio is my bed. Yeah, I've got my <laughs> crystals around me. I've got um, my lavender oil on my nightstand. I'm feeling pretty chill right now, <laughs> it's, which is Amazing. annoying because it's only 3, 3 p.m. And so I really can't go to sleep at 3 p.m., can uh... I? <laughs> Well, you can start to just take a meditation after this. <laughs> One yeah. of your meditations after this. I think you need to do it for yourself. Um, but yeah. yeah, so so like it comes back down to that as well. Like you want to create an, create an environment for your uh, body to want to just go to sleep. Like you want to make the space around you just so tranquil and so like, you know, just what you need. Like having your crystals, having your oils if that's what's supportive to you around having a candle can maybe get you into that sort of free sleep motion like you know as soon as you especially right now when you wake up put on clothes away from you know I hope you've got pajamas or something on anyway but you know put clothes on <laughs> yes I do <laughs> but that are that are not your pajamas and get out of your like you know get get out of those pajamas to just that's another sort of thing of getting your body into a, that state of, okay, I'm awake now. And then when you're sort mm. of like decompressing down, putting your pajamas on, get ready for that sort of like free sleep stage of, okay, now it's time to rest. It's now time to relax and settle. Maybe take a moment, journal, do some journaling or, you know, do, do a yin practice. So I always say later on in the evening is a better time to do more stretches and do more yoga or anything really whatever your sort of like sporting ability is as long as you're just moving your body a little bit just to get it into Mm. a state where you're just getting you know if you've got some neck aches 
taking a few little stretches. Just start doing something that will start to help you find that little, little release back down. Mm. Um, and then Esse- really- essentially anything that's going to wind you down and relax you at yeah. the end of the day. And we're all different, yeah. aren't we? So we'll all find oh, our things that work for us. We do. Yeah. We do. And, and that's exactly it. Like yin's not for everyone, but maybe just starting to incorporate, um, like few restorative movements within like, um, a softer yoga practice for yourself could be helpful. And this is something that I've learned. So I, go by this simple sleep sequence that I learned. So my teacher is um, Lisa Santolito. So she has written a book about um, yoga for sleep uh, recovery and insomnia. And within that, within her course as well, so I, um, she's the one that trained me, we go through this sleep sim- uh, a simple sleep sequence where mm. it's, li- it's like 10 different moves that starts to release the tension hotspots within our body. So each and every little movement helps you start to release your body into hopefully into a more of a relaxed state once you've started doing it you know incorporating it in every single day if that's what you need to start to just help you recover your sleep if you're struggling Mm. yeah and and we can link that book into the into the show notes as well so that people can have a link to amazing so, yeah so so a word that's come up a few times in this chat so far is the word ayurveda can we start maybe going down that path um because i think lots of people listening will have a very basic understanding of ayurveda but just in case there's anyone listening that that's never heard it before and doesn't know what it is maybe could you just summarize what ayurveda is is that okay yes absolutely oh whenever i talk sure. about ayurveda it just fills me up with joy um, yeah are you because it's always been part of who I am and I guess Ayurveda comes very much from my own um sort of cultural roots and my background like growing up I didn't realize like now obviously being an Ayurvedic yoga teacher and knowing so much more about Ayurveda and how it's helped me I realized that mm. we're all practicing Ayurveda every single day right so it's all around us it's in an uh, it's in the nature it's in what we do on an everyday routine. So, for example, like it's it's moments like today, it's really hot. So naturally, what you do is try to cool yourself down, right? Mm-hmm. That's Ayurveda. That's Ayurveda. You're balancing. Yeah, you're trying to balance. And yeah. In um, so Ayurveda is a Sanskrit word meaning the science or knowledge of life. So it's the sister science to yoga. And it originated in India over 5,000 years ago. And so it's this sort of the longest living holistic healing system um, where Mm. it's now spreading so much wisdom all across the world. And, you know, Ayurveda teaches us this sort of aspect of how we can use um, everything around us, use nature, use life, the life force around us to become more balanced in our mind, body and spirit as an all-functioning sort of state and also sustain the way we continuously see the magic in our life right so I always believe that I am as I am because I've just got this pure magic of being able to make what Ayurveda is my lifestyle every day that the things that I do my rituals throughout the day are the daily things that give me a little bit more magic throughout throughout the day and in your in Ayurveda, there's these two laws that they believe in, which is like 
increases light and opposites create balance right so Mm. it's all about looking at certain things like I just spoke about how it's really warm right now and we're heading into the pitta season and we'll talk about this so we've got three doshas um and the pitta season right now where it's starting to become a lot more warmer so we're trying to find ways of how do we balance that to be able to cool ourselves down um if if we ever feel out of balance and i guess yeah so great transition into maybe what our doshas are you want me to go into that yeah Definitely. Yeah. Let's talk about the doshas then. Maybe describing the five elements first and then the oh, doshas yes. within that. That would be amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's something that I really wanted to explain was how in Ayurveda, we have got this sense of um, that we believe that everything in the universe is made up of these five core elements. So there's ether, which is space, air fire water and earth so we've got all five energies within our bodies and these energies differ from like one another by their density and their vibration and i guess like um i actually wrote a little story or a little journey on this how this in how the energies um kind of relate so um yeah i'll just read that out so talking about these energies so taking the most subtlest element being ether and the space energy, so which then condenses to become air. So as this air moves, it causes this friction, which causes that heat or fire. And the fire then produces moisture, which condenses to become water, which ultimately condenses to become earth, the densest element. Okay? Mm, so I love that. That's, that's just a way of prey of how from space we guide ourselves all the way back down to earth and i guess that's where our doshas um come into play so the doshas are our body's constituency so we've got all these characteristics within our bodies that create three different doshas and these doshas are vata pitta and kapha so essentially we are made up of all three of these doshas but we tend to have one or two of these doshas as our dominant dosha. So the mm-hmm. one that holds the most characteristics of who we are as a human being. Um, and there can also be um, the rare few people that are tri-doshic, where you carry a balance of all three of them in your body. And I guess I think of this, our dosha, as um, our fingerprint. So it's like our Ayurvedic fingerprint as each of us are unique within our doshas here. So in um, Ayurveda, we call this our prakriti, which is, like I said, it's like our DNA. It's what gives us life. And I always say, like, if there was like a baby born, um, you would want to know what their doshas is, first and foremost, to be able to understand how they work and how, you know, we're never... babies don't come with an instruction manual right but uh, if we knew but if we knew what their dosha was maybe we could then help them like stay out of balance when they're maybe crying or you know you just that's how I kind of see it in my sort of childlike mind how um yeah like it all starts from when when you're born um so going a little bit more into these doshas um so 
the doshas sort of govern our physical and mental process and vata being our first one so vata is um although people that are made up of space and air so i always think of these people as the cool breeze to this sort of electric current where uh they're they're, they're super like happy when they're balanced and you know really inspiring and so stimulated in everything that they do um and they're often light build so these are the characteristics um very active and dynamic when they are in balance full of creativity inspiration and um i always say like it's it's they think fast talk fast walk fast um so very energetic um and so, sometimes you know they can be in that space where they maybe become too energetic or too overstimulated. And this is where we then want to start to try to balance them out. Because especially um, with change, they they like change. So, for example, you might often see um, that person, if you've got someone in your household that often likes change, they maybe like, you know, changed up the furniture about three times in the last couple of weeks <laughs> or you know done something that's just changed uh they just want a new sort of lease of life um ever so often which is so great it's just the way that they work um because they are a multitasker and they love having like lots of jobs on the go at once um and you know having so many projects that they're dipping in and out of or maybe even having like lots of books that they're reading all at one go as well so they're they're so they find that insight in just diving into the creativity. They don't often finish things, though, do they? <laughs> they often they start a lot, things. but they don't finish. They things. start a lot. <laughs> no, they're, yeah. they're, they're the great. They're the great people to have. We're like, okay, I've got this idea, and I think it's going to be super inspiring. They're like, okay, I'll leave. Yeah. I'll leave it up to you. You you carry on with that. You go. And with then the you idea need now. the you need the pitta to make it happen, don't yeah. you? Because the pitta, which I'm sure you'll describe now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so just uh, before I uh, like describe Pitta, when we're out of balance in Vata, you may feel that you are overactive, nervous, anxious, have a bad memory, are fatigued, sometimes experience, you know, the insomnia we spoke about, the unexpected weight loss, um, and also digestive problems. And this is something um, mm. Ayurveda, I think, is so crucial like they Ayurveda really looks at gut health and um even as a nutritionist like I felt so much of this helping and supporting me when I understood my dosha a little bit more because mm. um yeah like gut health can be a predominant thing. yeah and fatters don't back, do very well with them um, no. with like raw food do they raw no, uncooked they light food they need the heaviness to kind of they and the cooked the food yeah. to yeah absolutely and that's yeah. exactly where we're going on to so to bring balance with this we the best things for a, a vata type is to have these sort of warming grounding and nourishing sources like you know warming foods like the first thing i do when i wake up um if you hadn't already known i am vata a little bit of vata and some of mm. <laughs> um where like i have a cup of hot water the moment i wake up so that starts to fire up my agony and your agony is your digestive fire and this is what vatas often need is that sort of something to warm and fire their bodies up so that we can start to get that digestive system to start working and warm other warming foods like 
um, kitchery for soups and dals and stews, porridges. Um, are really, really supportive for uh, uh, someone with a vata type and also warming spices. Like in Ayurveda, we speak so much about all the spices and the herbal remedies as well that could be so supportive um, for like, you know, the secularitary sort of systems, like for example, ginger. And someone for vata, vata can often be quite cold in, in nature, within like skin and everything like that, circulation. Um, not as cold in person, they're a happy soul. <laughs> Um, mm. but they um yeah so that like spices like ginger can help them drinking herbal teas avoiding caffeine and lifestyle having a regular routine is really important so going to sleep at a certain period at a time like having a routine which can be really supportive for this dosha type um can be supportive for their sleep habits eating in calm environments so tech free so they don't overstimulate themselves um and they're focusing on grounding themselves in all nature um, and that can also be with yoga tai chi qigong grounding practices um, and then we go into pitta like we were talking about and pitta i feel like is this sort of lioness they're like the fiery nature and i always think of like this sort of bright flame here very colorful when they're in, uh, in balance they're very dynamic very active they enjoy challenges and debates um, very focused, highly intelligent, very organized, precise thinking, like, you know, everything <laughs> opposite to Vata where you just want them, they will get on with an idea, like they follow through with their plans, they're, they're, they mm -hmm. need to precisely follow through. And um, this also comes down to like their eating habits, like they will get hangry if they don't, don't eat at, you know, a certain time, if they don't have their food um, by a certain time. So yeah talking about out of balance they can become really hot and bothered frustrated may get acid sort of indigestion and burning and also have inflammation because they they are made up of um fire and water so that's their 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 types of energies they need to balance out that fire with like cooling practices and mm. that's where we find the balance for this dosha the cooling and calming nature is within like the slow flow yoga, the meditation, the cooling breath work and pranayama, but also within, you know, if we're focusing on other things, the cooling food, so fresh fruits and vegetables, um, avoiding caffeine, avoiding alcohol as a stimulant, um, cooking with uh, like cooling oils like coconut oil and within lifestyle, not sitting in the sun for too long, not over-exercising um, or being overly competitive in in like a nature um and yeah so that's that's all about them finding a sort of a work-life balance i think mm. and um and then we guide into our kapha so our kapha is made up of water and earth and we've just passed our spring season where kapha was the season and i often find um kapha like this swan so this swan gliding through the lake in in its all prestige sort of glory, like the goddess of, you know, just gliding through life. Um, they're very mm. much of a grounded person, very stable. Uh, they dislike, you know, change. They, they, they're very steady, very loyal. And you want, you want a Kappa person to be around in challenges and crises. They're a great person to like keep everything, you know, nice, nice and steady, nice and serene. Um, 
and yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of they're just very relaxed with a slower pace of life which I think we've all experienced through lockdown now and um they out of balance though they can become quite lazy and inactive and lack motivation and might start to have you know again gut health issues because of slow digestion because they're not moving and they might be of a heavier build so you want to encourage them to find a balance to eat the lighter sort of foods to let go of the heaviness so you eating the sort of the bitter astringent pungent sort of foods and reducing the sweet sour salty type um lots mm. of leafy green vegetables stimulating stimulating with our lovely energizing herbs and spices like turmeric um ginger cinnamon can be very helpful um to balance the blood sugar levels um eating sort of smaller portions to avoid overeating and then keep things moving so we want to like encourage these appetites to up their energy levels so this is where we speak about our cardiovascular exercises like one we want to change the routine for cathars so in the mornings change it up to hit workout jogging dynamic yoga practicing zumba zumba is like the element for these human beings dancing <laughs> and mm -hmm. i think anyone that knows me or you will get to know me on my instagram i do like um little little dance sessions in the morning that i often share in my stories <laughs> which just you do really love a dance <laughs> i do love a dance I do love that. It was like yesterday I sent I sent you a little thing where I was doing to the left, to the left. Yes. Um, which and I the ones like, in your think... swimming costume yeah. with your oh. your swimming hat on. Yes, with my swimming hat. All things. All things. <laughs> I, I feel like movement is just the medicine to our soul. Like we don't need to it is. that we've in you know, being a yogi or like just being a human being that practices sort of like daily rituals for our well-being we don't need to just do things that seem right like you know seem to the point of what society thinks of them just go crazy do your own thing <laughs> mm. and yeah and then this is why um yeah we want to add a little bit more spontane like spontaneity and uh, spontaneity you know the word spontaneous <laughs> um into into people's lives and practicing the non-attachment and letting go because cathars often carry hold on to a lot of stuff and emotional baggage and we want to give them a physical mm. spring clean from time to time so mm. you know going into a new season going into the pitta season these are this is a type of stuff that we need our cathars to be able to let go of to all that sort of stuff that they held in their own season and now dive into another season to enjoy life at, it, at its fullest um and mm. i think that's it like we realize that ayurveda isn't a quick fix it is a way of life it's becoming a routine and we spoke about that thing where i said you know it's all about the connection and not the perfection and this is it like ayurveda there's going to be things that work for you like different lifestyle things um and if you're interested in um obviously disclaimer i'm not like an ayurvedic practitioner but i i know a lot about it but if you are interested i definitely say like um go see an ayurvedic doctor or an ayurvedic practitioner that can help you like you know take notes of what your dosha is and how to really bring that to life in your own own body 
Yeah, definitely. And I do think a basic understanding of Ayurveda, just to tie up this section now, um, will, will help so many people because having even that basic understanding of the doshas and where you fit into that will help you manage certain imbalances that will undoubtedly come up because we, we all come out of balance many times in our lives. Yeah. But kind of knowing your natural balance, where you're meant to be, if you have this basic understanding of, okay if I'm feeling this way then I eat this and it will balance me back out or maybe you know if I'm because I'm pitta kapha so if I'm feeling really low on energy actually sometimes I need to just force myself to go on that run and get the blood yeah. pumping and to bring that yeah. kind of energy up like you say so I think for anyone listening that's thinking oh you know this sounds really interesting I want to learn more I would say definitely go and research so we can we can put again something in the yeah. show notes we'll put a link to an ayurvedic test where you can test online your dosha um, balance and it might not be a hundred percent accurate as mm. as Fizz said you're probably better to go to a doctor in person an Ayurvedic doctor in person if you can but it is it's quite expensive to actually do that in this country so yeah. If you don't have that, you know, access to that at the moment, there is a lot you can do online. You can do the free dosha test. You can do lots of reading about what you might, um, you know, be better to avoid or to bring into your life. Yeah. And yeah, just kind of do a little bit of reading yourself around it because it's so, so interesting. But I'm sure anyone listening that wants to reach out to Fizz directly, uh, especially if it's yoga and Ayurveda related, then, yeah. then I'm sure she'd be really happy to chat to you Absolutely. about that. Absolutely yeah yeah and yeah I think so that, thank that, you like you just like you just summarized there I think it is it's just a practice that we've got to be aware of and we, we will all have different different ways that we um find Ayurveda in our lives but yeah just 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 understanding the energies in our body and working with our energies and understanding okay if I'm feeling out of balance on that how can I you know top that up and I think that, yeah that's the way to really go about it yeah, definitely. And it's obviously as well, like quite a proactive and preventative way of looking at our health rather than in the West. It's sometimes a bit reactive as well, which is again, why I'm quite drawn to Ayurveda as a practice. So thank you again for, for chatting all of that through with us. That's amazing. And I can't believe it, but we are at the end. We're at our quick fire <laughs> questions now. So oh are you ready for those? Oh, ready as ever. Let's go. <laughs> Ready as ever. Okay. Number one, what are your top three wellness tips to include in your wellness toolkit? Oh, okay. Um, I think what first one is doing more of what makes you happy and just doing what you love because that I think in all essence in our life just brings us that prana. It gives us that life force energy by just doing more of what we love doing. So that's definitely just sure. one of my first ones. Um, and then I think the second one is moving every day. I know how much you love movement as well. Um, mm -hmm. And whatever it is, whatever it is, just move, move your body because I always believe that movement is the medicine to your soul, which is just, yeah, so crucial. Um, yes, then, 100%. Yeah, 100%. And then creating daily rituals for yourself that you stick to. Like uh, this comes back to the sort of like the Ayurvedic things that I do by having like small pockets of rituals throughout my day, like my morning practices and what I'm going to do in the evening to start to help me start to release down and help. It gives, gives me that sort of a bespoke of wellness to my own body. 
Amazing. So along those lines, what is the first thing you do in the morning? Uh, tongue scraping. Tongue scraping is yes. like joy of life. Um, I literally, yeah. Um, for anyone that doesn't know tongue scraping, I'll explain it. So tongue scraping is basically um, like this little metal, um, often made out of copper, um, tongue scraper. And you scrape your tongue from um, back to front. Uh, back to forward so it really releases gets rid of <laughs> anything that you've maybe accumulated during your sleep um and you rinse it in between so you scrape your tongue you rinse it and you do this about seven times like i like to do it about seven times or so so seven to 14 and uh seven because we at, we are actually made out of, of seven tissues so i feel like i'm scraping each layer away as i wake up mm -hmm. and now i can't live without it like once you start tongue scraping there is no going back so if you're yeah if you if you want to try it I think it's definitely definitely something to do amazing we do actually have one that is technically Chris's but I'm gonna steal it because he never uses it so I'm gonna introduce <laughs> that into my routine um so question let me know how you get on <laughs> I will I will for sure um so number three what is the last thing you do at night uh, last thing I do at night is some of my um, sleep recovery sequence. So like some bed yoga, even if it's like, you know, having a child's pose on my bed for five minutes or um, just taking a little figure four releases uh, or popping my legs up against the wall in bed. It just helps me get to a place where I'm like, okay, Fizz, it's time to chill. And then it's bedtime. So it just gets me into that state where I'm like, okay, I now need to do some little practices just to aid me into into my bed straight away oh amazing that sounds like a lovely way to end the day actually I'm going to look up this this book again we'll, we'll link that so that everyone everyone can access the the sleep yoga that Fizz was talking about yeah. um so question number four I really as you know I like to know what people's inspirations are so what is your favorite book oh that's such a tough one I because I feel like I'm such a podcast geek. Like I'm, I'm always podcast. Of course, listening to this podcast. Yes, um, <laughs> I, I love podcasting. And as a child, I think we we shouldn't ever forget about like our childhood favorite books. Like I used to always be that Jacqueline Wilson fan. Um, story of Tracy Beaker. Was that your fave? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, I love Tracy Beaker and like watching Harry it Potter. on TV as well. Oh yes, yeah, Harry definitely. Potter, of course. Harry Potter, of course. So yeah. not forgetting those. But then in my adult life, I've actually for those that are interested in a little bit more about um Ayurveda, one of um a dear friend of mine actually, who I've got to know, has written a book called Prajna. Um and her name is Mira Manik. So Prajna P R A J A P R A yeah, J A. Uh J N A, sorry. <laughs> trying to trying to get my I, um, yeah, so Prajna, and it's all about the rituals for happiness. And, mm. um, each, each one of those rituals, it's, it's such a lovely little book, book for creative to create like beautiful, simple rituals for modern day living and enhance our well-being and overall happiness. Um, mm. and it's just uh, a beautiful. I've got it actually, and it looks beautiful on a coffee table as well. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful pink, bright pink cover, isn't yeah, it? I think. That one. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's really pretty. In Sanskrit, is known as wisdom, and this book like really brings uh, sort of this depth of ancient wisdom um, in Ayurveda. So, if it's something that you are interested in, like um, 
understanding a little bit more, I think that's such a great start. And it's one of my favorite books that I pick up and it's got lots of like um, recipes as well, like chais and I absolutely adore chai. Um, so that's definitely a great one to look at. Mm, amazing. Okay, finally, do you have a mantra or an intention that you live by? Uh, yeah, oh gosh, there's so many. I know you're probably like, I should make a top three of this or something, which I yes, heard on your yeah. podcast and I was like, this is <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I know. Everyone but, says the same. Yeah, it's. I think it's so tricky when you you do start to look at well-being as a whole aspect. And um, I think so I've got my first one that I said at the beginning, which is connection and not perfection, knowing that we can just be connected to things and it doesn't have to be perfect. Like life isn't perfect. So just roll with it. And that's definitely, definitely something that's helped me um, just to be in my own body. Um, and then also one that I adore is just come as you are, because as you are is simply enough. And I think that also just speaks to my heart where I'm just like, oh, this is, I just need to just come and be as I am because that's all we can ever be. And as long as I'm coming as I am, then I feel like I'm supporting my heart at the same time. And, you know, my, mm. my heart just carries on beating. So yeah, those are my, my beautiful. Life. Beautiful. Thank you. So if people want to find out more about you and what you do, where should we send them to? Yeah. So as you mentioned at the start, um, I am known as Happy Heart Flow. Um, always inspiring this happiness party flow in everyone's life, oh. I hope. So yeah, you can catch me on Instagram. I'm at Happy Heart Flow or even my website. Everything I do is known as um, Happy Heart Flow. So happyheartflow.co.uk. Amazing. Well, Fizz, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure chatting today. And I'm just so grateful for everything you do, everything you are, and for everything that you bring into the world, especially the world of yoga. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This has honestly been on my bucket list in my life to do, and I'm grateful for this opportunity. You are so welcome, my lovely. Well, I'll chat to you very soon. And have a beautiful day. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. So once again, thank you so much to Fizz for everything that she shared with us today. She has such a great knowledge of Ayurveda and all of her sleep tips I think are going to be so handy for lots of you listening. But what I'm always most blown away by when I chat with Fizz, when I see her updates online is just her passion and her love and her zest for life. I think we can all learn so much from that. She has such a beautiful, open, giving heart, and it really is so inspirational. So if you are inspired by her, please do go and check her out. And in the show notes, as I said earlier today, we're going to share a video of the breath of joy with you so you can practice that as your meditation today. As Fizz said, early in the morning is probably best for that one. And we'll also share links to a couple of the books and the dosha test as well, so that if you are interested in learning what your dosha is, you can go and check that out. My personal balance is pitta and kapha. I'm quite balanced across those two. And then I have very little vata. 
Um, so sometimes I find like the creativity and the ability to kind of be a bit more free and kind of going with the flow, I find that more challenging. I'm quite kind of um, grounded. I really like my routine. So my kafra is pretty strong there. And then obviously I, I quite like to be motivated and organized. So I think running your own business, you have to have some pitta as well. So learning more about the doshas today was just fascinating for me. But if you want to get in touch and share what your dosha type is, Fizz and I would love to know. So please do reach out after the show. So I hope you guys have a beautiful week. Thank you so much for joining me and have a beautiful day.